Okay, this morning we're going to be in, in, in Jude, first verse of Jude one more time, and we're going to title this God's People Called. God's People Called. And let's, let's read this verse. It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy, verse 2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. And both these verses, these three things um, are tied together. But here that, that uh, to those that are sanctified by God, the Father we looked at, that are set apart, the chosen people that were given to the Son, whom he uh, uh, died for by his, by his uh, righteousness. His people are redeemed by preserved in Jesus Christ, both time past, eternity past, eternity future. God's people have always been preserved in Christ, not just after they are born again as, and as we re realize it and as we uh, um, know those things in time and preserved forward, that is true too, but preserved from in all past. And we can look, uh, and as we did and as has been uh, uh, mentioned over time, we look back on how God has preserved us until the time that, that he redeemed us in, in, in our experience of it as we as the spirit has called us and we have been regenerated and, and given spiritual life uh, and then in the future we looked at we mentioned about the thief on the cross he was preserved up until that very time for that purpose and indeed he that uh, 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 and was preserved from then on and then we're looking at and it says and called and that, that call is of the Holy Spirit. In this first verse, uh, as he Jude starts out here, that this letter is, this epistle is to those that are truly believers and redeemed of the Lord and, and of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and um, all the Godhead in all three parts of the Godhead as we see it him divided up in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit actively have, have to be in our salvation, in our redemption, and called. And we're going to look that in that, that um, the more I looked into the, the word called, that part of it by the Holy Spirit, the bigger it got. And, and um, we're going to uh, try to keep it to one lesson as far as the, the thought and before we move on in the book, but that um, them that are truly standing upon the finished work of the Savior, the everlasting from eternity church that are kept in him, called by the Holy Spirit unto faith and knowledge of these things, and kept in and through the righteousness of Christ in us, the hope of glory. We know that the calling of the Holy Spirit of his people is supremely necessary to our salvation. It's not, it's not just an academic 
academic knowledge. Um, it can't it can't be learned. It it it's not it's not a learned thing. It's a, it's of the God's the Holy Spirit that puts life in in His people, and uh, we're going to look at several passages and what what the Scripture has to say about this and the necessity of it. And it's not called by someone else, or it, it, the calling can't be of any any earthly any earthly being. And as it, we're going to see in several places, it's not by our willing or doing, but the Holy Spirit that calls His people. We're going to start in uh, in the Book of John. I'm going to look through several several passages. But in the book of John, I'd like to look at uh, several places that deals with this. In the in John chapter one, get there. Chapter one. And and on your own time, read before and after this this section here. But through the book of John, it speaks a lot about about the the salvation of his people and how it comes about. And starting with verse eleven and reading down a ways, it said, "He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood." nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And this here, the, the receiving here is not as commonly in a lot of religion how received is scripturally. And we'll see that as it says it's, it's, it's of God. This, and it's not a here's an offer we give you and you receive it or you don't receive it. Um, it, it is a taking in that's caused by God, and it's a, and it's as we'll look and see it. The the new birth is not only necessity, but it's 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 not of our doing. It's of our receiving, and our receiving, and not receiving in that we say, yeah, we'll take it. It's of God makes his people willing in that time and his power and and it's not a and it's not a dragging his people in it's a change it's a change of of heart in that direction and we'll we'll see that in in the the, the passages here and then in chapter 3 and obviously all these uh uh passages and 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 books are of a whole and not pieces as we as we have to look at them uh, but don't don't um, forget that these are a whole uh, context also that has to be there that by time we're not going to because of time we're not going to do but in chapter 3 of John starting with the first verse and reading down a bit it says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered, verse 10, and said, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? And this, that, that uh, passage here to Nicodemus, the necessity that is being born from above by the sport, the Spirit, it has nothing to do with what the will of the flesh, it says, is. Um, that is completely in God's domain and his, um, his power alone uh, to do that. And this will happen to everyone, as Jude said, them that are sanctified or set apart by the Father and those that are preserved in Christ in time, they will be called that they know it, that they will know that. It's not that the Spirit, as we'll see, bears witness with us that we are the sons of God. And here where he says, and verse 10, he says, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? That could be said to a lot of religious people this, these days that are put themselves up as preachers or prophets or whatever they may call themselves and don't know the first thing about spiritual birth. They deny that by, by putting it in man's realm. That here's the offer that God is putting out there. Now what are you going to do with it? By nature we know that man will, will, will scorn it. It's foolishness as we'll see in another place. But God is determined by the foolishness to natural man of preaching that his people will be brought in. The Spirit makes, takes that word, that gospel, and makes it, makes it true and living in his people. Um, and it's a necessity. There's no, there's no down the road somewhere something else happening. If, if a person is, is set apart by God, all the church, and as Christ said, and we saw in, in, in John 17 in those uh, words, messages that we had uh, by Brother Wayne, that, that um, uh, he will lose none of them. And it didn't mean physically nudes them. It meant all those would be drawn by the Spirit and would be given the new birth. And then in, or in, John, in chapter 6 of John, we're not going to go to, to uh, all, all the way through John and all the different places, but in chapter 6, uh, to look at a few things. We're going to start at verse, down at verse 26. It says, John 6, 26. It says, um, 
Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because ye saw the miracles, because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Now, this verse 29, they asked, What should we do to work the works of God? And here, this puts the work of God where it belongs. It is God's work that you believe on him whom he hath sent. That is the working of God. That is not man's working at all. It, it takes, this takes the work part that man can do in salvation completely away. This one verse does. This is the work of God, putting life in men. This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. You can't argue it in. You can't teach it in. You can, you can make men understand the words of it. But here it says, it is the work of God. Now, that's pretty hard to refute or to argue with um, by itself even. And connecting that with what, Nicod what Christ said to Nicodemus about the Spirit doing this, the Spirit that causes life. And here it again says that, that it's God's work. Um, and so many, many men today, the word will be brought out and man will have a work in it according to their gospel. According to this gospel, we should be and we must preach that that's God's work. And God is about that work to those that he has set apart. It's gonna, it's, it does take place. And then down to verse 32, it says, Then Jesus uh, said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life into the, unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then the Jews murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And 
again, it, as it says here, he is the bread of life, and the Father in the, draws him and must draw him to them. And then one more spot here in the, in the chapter 6 of John. Skip down to verse 63. We're going to pick this up again. And, and not to, obviously, to leave out the, that in between about the bread of life who the Lord uh, recounts again and, and tells them of, of this. But in verse 63 it said, It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the being who they were that, would, that believed not and who should be, betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given him of my Father. And as it, as it also as he teaches you, those that he has given him, that the Father has given him, the Spirit is that which quickened, and the, quick, and the Spirit will quicken and does quicken his people in his time. And um, again, that it's not of the flesh, it's not, as he says here, the Spirit, verse 63, the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And um, again, the spirit has to cause that life to, to take place in his people. Um, and these are these are passages that that we that we hold to many times and and turn to for these thoughts because they're so um, um, powerful and they speak to to God's people and about the the power and the 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 working of God in Romans the 8th chapter a couple of places and again these are not these are not new newly discovered passages by any means but ones that we that we um we hold hold dear in Romans chapter 8 starting with with um well, let's start with verse, verse 1 and reading down just a little bit. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they, then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That in itself, again, that 
Thank you. Here, the carnal mind cannot please him. The flesh cannot do it. It can't be done in the flesh. Um, uh, it says, these are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And then in verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. <clears throat> Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received, received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. And here... Again, in this passage, the, those things that, that we have in Christ are by the Spirit of Christ, by the Spirit of God. And it said the Spirit is the life because of righteousness, of His righteousness. But that has to be revealed and does, is revealed in God's people. And it's by no other means. And as it says here, uh, above here, that... Um, there's the flesh profiteth nothing as we read before and and again in here in this in this here that the carnal mind it says is enmity is enmity against God for it's not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be natural man can't be brought into subjection by teaching or by or by any other method but by the preaching of the gospel in the spirit making that life and making that real in his people and the spirit it says beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God uh, no other man can tell you that only God himself can tell you that and and put that in 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 his people and down in verse and, and like I say not to skip out skip many many things in here but uh, that the Spirit does for His people in in Romans eight, but verse eight back to uh, verse twenty eight, uh, it says, "And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son." that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, 
who can be against us? And this passage we we hang on to um, as 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 the rest of the gospel. But we know that it says here that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And um, we know that, and he, 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 we know that, and by His Spirit we believe those things. Sometimes in the flesh, it's it's tough to hang on to those things and to keep those in sight. But but um, He brings those back to mind to us, and that that things, and it's not the all things work together as we've seen in in um, Numbers, as we've seen in Esther, in in, in the Book of Luke that Mike was in. All those places where those things work to the ultimate good of God's people. Not it doesn't mean like, like is preached by a lot, good health and wealth all the time, or any time. May not ever have good health or wealth, but those aren't the things that, when it speaks here, of work together for good to them. Work together for good to them is when His Spirit reveals Himself to us regenerates his people uh, and then uh, gives us the uh, uh, assurances that we have from his word and by his spirit. And then one, just one other spot in Romans in, in chapter 11. And there's a, there's a couple of verses here that uh, you'll have to read through the the whole of the chapter, there's a couple verses like other scriptures that people um, make things of that aren't here, but in verse 29, it says here, just in 1129, talks about the the uh, those that of the covenant, and it says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And the, the gifts, th- those things that he g- provides his people, the righteousness that is imputed to his people, the standing that we have in Christ, all the many things that that entails and, and uh, means to us and calling of God, of his people, that spirit revealing himself to us without repentance. And doesn't mean that God's, doesn't mean that like we think of God may change his mind on these things, but they're without any variableness or any changing to them. And uh, another passage that that uh, we have that says, in Christ all things are yea and amen. Those things that, that God's people have, that spiritual life that God gives his people is not on again, off again. We may see that as Paul does. It may look on again, off again to us uh, at times, but it is not. It is there. Um, in verse 36, uh, uh, just with that same thought, of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. And those things, um, uh, uh, the calling of his people, uh, in those are for 
our ultimate good, obviously, but for his honor and glory that these things are done and not any other, not any other uh, purpose or reasoning. Turn over another book to the to First Corinthians. Um, this it, it, I can remember back when I always thought, and it still kind of comes to mind about the Book of Corinthians. Both of them, uh, Corinthians had some trouble, and so Paul's going to slap them around a little bit, you know, and straighten them out. He does do that and calls on some of the issues, but he always turns them to the to Christ and turns them to uh, spiritual things and not the physical things and puts their their mind back on where it belongs. And again, on he uh, uses those issues in those times, if you read there, as a starting point to getting to what the Lord is to his people and what the answer to issues are. And that... Um, what God's wisdom does in and for his people and is to his people. So in 1 Corinthians, in the, in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, uh, it says, first, starting with verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours. So as Jude this, is, this starts out speaking to who he's talking to. He's not talking to just a group of people. He's, talk, he's talking to the church of God that is at Corinth. The, the, those that are, that are uh, it says, sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints in every place that call upon the name of Christ, Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Uh, and as we're going to see in little later on in Jude, uh, further lessons and times as we look in there about the faith that was once delivered to the saints and to the, the common faith of those that uh, call upon our Lord, both theirs and ours. And, he, and, and, uh, and uh, we'll see how Jude speaks to that and, and uh, so does uh, Mark in that gospel. And I was reading in a, one of the commentaries and it speaks about the men writing the, the word and, and, and it said in, in one place that, that uh, Paul might have had the mind to write kind of this direction, but then he was, he was correcting them. This. I think when God gave them the word that he was, gave them, there was no, I don't think there was any negotiation back and forth about what he wanted them to say. Their, their personality may have come out in some of the writings. They wrote, but all Paul and many of them wrote a lot of letters that were not in, in Scripture that we have. In those, if he had a mind to write something, that was a different issue. But in the Scriptures as we have them, they are God's Word that were put down by these men. They weren't, it says, holy men of God wrote as they were moved along by the, by the Holy Spirit. It's not their word, and it wasn't 
Paul would have rather written something different. I, I don't believe that for a minute. I, 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 I think on that point, that brother was a little bit said more than he knew about in that because I believe that all of the scriptures, whether it's the book of Esther uh, or whichever one we're looking at, those are God's words that we have and those people that wrote them down, that he had write them, those prophets or, or whoever they were, they, they wrote as God directed to write in. And they, I think they, were, uh, they knew whose word it was didn't take credit for it, and I think that it was how God intended it. Um, in in second, uh, the, uh, First Corinthians, the second chapter, starting with verse nine, and just a few verses, it says, "But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him." But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. I'm going to stop for just a second there. We're going to read on for a little bit. But it says here, In verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Those are they're not naturally ascertained or, 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 or brought out or thought. Even reading through the scriptures, there's, there's, we can understand the language of it, but if God doesn't reveal to us what is really there, we can often see it as a nice story or something and and miss the point of it if if he doesn't reveal it to us and i've said this before too this there's a an artist that paints these arts these pictures with the forest of the trees and and there's horses and stuff back in there i cannot see those horses and stuff in those paintings i've looked at them i think norman's got one or two of them and i've looked at them and i I have to take his word for it that they're there because I cannot see that. And I, he could be pulling my leg, but I, I don't think so. But the same way as it says here, we know no things of the Spirit, but by the Spirit. It's not... Uh, so people that have been, quote, in the way a long time and think they know stuff because they've been in the way a long time, I think they're, they need to maybe reevaluate where that knowledge came from. And what did... What, what did the Lord even say to Peter? He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal these things to you, but my spirit had done that. Um, and verse 12 here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Um, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual just judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. 
For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And up here, another verse that is um, uh, could be made much of all by itself. Verse 12, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Um, we can read the words of the things where we stand in Christ and those things. But um, we, we cannot truly know the meaning of those things or understand much of that or any of that without the spirit that it says, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So even those things that we have in, in, our, in our redemption, we know in, in part, very, in a, a small part of it actually, and only that that the Spirit reveals to us that we understand. Uh, I think that God reveals a lot to his people, but there's a lot that by our intellect we cannot understand. And as it says here, that natural man can't receive it, but God's people receive it by his spirit and by his spirit alone. And I think we need to, that's something I need to keep in mind that you can't just uh, learn, a, learn something to teach people from the scriptures. You can learn the words of it, but he has to reveal those things to us. And then we could speak in of, of I've got a, a lot of, places here. We're going to look at uh, Ephesians. I'm going to go to the book of Ephesians and not to skip by Galatians or other places, but in, in the book of Ephesians, first chapter, much in the first chapter of Ephesians as all of scripture, but uh, Let's look at verses verses uh, start with verse 17 and for a thought that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints? And uh, verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places? And here where it says, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And it, it speaks more of our Lord there, but here those things attributed to anything that we, that we have a grasp of, those things that we know what is the hope of our calling. Those things that we know what we have in inheritance of the saints. We only know those things by him revealing to us. Um, um, we can know, like I said, we can know the words of it, but but much more than that, uh, 
and any more than that, the, the, the Spirit has to reveal it to us. Um, one more spot in Ephesians here, and we're going we're gonna to uh, wrap this up for today. In chapter 2, In chapter 2, we're going to read the first 11 verses there and go on and read the rest of that chapter on your own. And it, but it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom... Also, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, the fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Another uh, uh, a point there before we move on. It says, we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By nature the children of wrath, not the children of wrath. Um, uh, uh, as, we, as we were always in Christ. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy for his great love, uh, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That the ages to come we might, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, uh, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, uh, uh, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, uh, in verse 11, remember uh, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that in time, that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And we're going to stop there at that. But the, the, uh, but, but the, the point of that being that uh, when we were dead, he saved us uh, and gave us that faith. We could go on in, in other passages and in the book of Hebrews, all those men and people that it said by faith they did these things, that, that faith was that given by God. That was the same calling that we're speaking of about regeneration. Those people did that. If they did anything by any faith, it was by that faith that was given them of God. And so here in the book of Jude, as we finish with that, with what we're going to look at in verse 1, there, that complete thought of God's, God's people there and uh, where it says... To them that are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ and called. And next time we'll look at verse 2. And with that, like...
other Mike says from time to time, be free. Thank you.